This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the pilot. What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Yes, we are live in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse95 Radio with your boy Omar Dur. We're talking all sorts of good stuff today. A few questions coming in already about Man United and Liverpool last night. Mohamed Salah versus Cristiano Ronaldo. We are talking about that on the show today. We're also talking about how the UAE went crazy after Pakistan and India met in the T20. Cricket fans are going to be enjoying that one. And then also the segment that's very, very interesting and it's actually relevant to what happened yesterday with the uh, with the United game. Things are great when you're winning, but how much does defeat shape our character in team sports? Your mind has to be stronger than your feelings. Think about every bad decision you have made and how much of it was based on emotion. Think about that for the segment on number three today. My own team itself actually suffered a defeat the other day. And you know, we don't only talk about the good things here. We talk about things that we can work on as well. And having done that, it's actually put things in perspective as a coach and how to deal with um, defeats like yesterday's defeat as well. So we're talking about that on the show today. Remember, guys, keep your questions coming in. I see you guys jumping on the Instagram live at the moment. And Florin, I'm happy you're here today, man. All the way from New York. Uh, Florin is uh, is tuned in despite his team losing yesterday. But I'm sure you're going to help me pick those... uh, those things that happened yesterday in the match from a United perspective and also from a Liverpool perspective. Stay tuned for more on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the pilot! What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Yes, we are back and we are live on Pulse95 Radio with your boy Omar Alduri. Thank you very much for tuning in. And it's nice to see some familiar faces in the room today, especially those who are traveling from across the world to the UAE to be listening to us live on the Instagram. Shout out to Adil, uh, Florin, Sergei, Mustafa, Terry, Arib as well. That's a new one. He's, he had some good questions the other day. Shayma is here as well. And uh, and who else have we got in here? Zara, Mustafa, Mo, Condado, Ali, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Okay, right. So people are, are, are dropping all these questions already. We haven't even got warm yet. But I think Manchester United, we're going to start with this because actually something happened with my own team, which I'm going to talk about later on the show, which is kind of relevant to Manchester United. Um, Manchester United hosted Liverpool in at the Theatre of Dreams, where we got to see a classic two of the biggest clubs in England face each other uh, yesterday, last night. The talk pre-game was Cristiano Ronaldo versus Mohamed Salah. Who would you have in your team? I asked that on the other day regarding the best player in the world currently on form. Some people said that at peak it would be Cristiano, but right now they'd go for Salah. And yesterday was one of those games where you absolutely, whether you're a neutral, whether you're a United fan or whether you're a Liverpool fan, the golf in class between the two teams was phenomenal. And it's, the reason why it's such a crazy result yesterday, you know, them losing by five, etc., is not because, you know, it was it was a crazy surprise. It's because there are elite players on show. 
And then we look at the coaching and sometimes the coaches like myself have to take responsibility and hold themselves accountable for the results that happened yesterday. Now, many a times we've heard that Manchester United are an elite club, but not with an elite manager. We look at Liverpool and we notice that they have an elite manager with an elite club. Here is where dissecting things like yesterday's performance would have been very, very tough for United fans to see because, like I'm going to tell you later on the show, I myself, as a coach, suffered the heaviest defeat of my career this week. Now, in doing so, what it does is it actually shows you who your players are, what kind of characters they are, who is to blame. It's very easy as a coach to take responsibility and hold yourself accountable. But when you look at Manchester United and you actually look at the defensive stats this season, what's really worrying is across the 20 teams where they lie with the results. Now, United have conceded 15. That is 16th in the league. Clean sheets, they've got one, which means they're 18th in the league. Shots on target faced, they are 14th. Tackles, 20th. Errors leading to shot, 20th. The least running club in the league is Manchester United. Now, here's the thing. There's so much that we can do by dissecting and actually throwing the blame on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And I think that's probably the easiest thing that a lot of people will do is they'll probably blame the coach and say that it's his fault. There are also these elite World Cup players, world champions, uh, you know, players that have done it at all the, all the different levels. And at some point, even with the game plan, the responsibility of the players has to come out. And saying that is, when you face an opposition like Liverpool, you kind of know pretty much they're starting 11 every game with a tweak or two depending on injuries I think with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer believing that he can actually go out there and beat Liverpool at their own game was kind of the thing that probably was the most worrying and in that sense looking at Klopp and, and understanding the way that the double pivot happens normally in the midfield with his midfielders who he opted to go for Fred and McTominay in a more pragmatic approach rather than starting off with Pogba because defensively he didn't trust him as much as those two but saying that the way that Liverpool started and the way that things are, people are already saying that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should be sacked. The, the problem with that is he's been there for a couple of years already. And in that sense, we are looking at... It's quite... Listen, I'll tell you something. I'm definitely not a United fan. And a lot of people will say, you know, you're probably loving this. But I'm actually not loving it. I'll tell you why. Because it's really hard for a coach sometimes to figure out what's going on with his players. What mindset are they in? Are they able to, you know, show their true personality and character on the field? Liverpool were outstanding. Mohamed Salah was truly, truly brilliant. World class at the highest level of football. His finishing, his movement off the ball, his persistence to be able to drag defenders away even when he doesn't touch the ball is something that puts him amongst the best, if not the best player in the world, on form. But saying that as well, you look at the players like Henderson and how important they are. Virgil van Dijk, the presence. Alisson as well. Trent Alexander-Arnold, even though he's not one of the best defenders defensively, he's definitely one of the best defensive uh, defenders offensively. And we always say that you defend from the front and you attack from behind. With Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, if I can say that properly, are there better left-backs out there in the world currently now? And then you think of Virgil van Dijk, who yesterday parted Konate and kept Matip out of the team. Uh, a couple of months ago, I had an episode on the Halftime Show and I said why I think Liverpool could win the league this year. And a lot of people said there's no way they would because Manchester City are favourites and Chelsea are, are European champions, so therefore Liverpool would be third. But saying that at the moment now with the consistency and the know-how and the experience of Liverpool, that puts them on a totally different level with the way they manage games. 
And if you look at their midfield, probably on paper, you probably say that they don't have the best midfield in the Premier League. But what they do have is hard work, dedication, experience, and the knowledge to be able to manage a game through slowing down the play when they have to, forcing the play when they have to, being able to be aggressive with their passing through the lines and being able to actually force, you know, Manchester United on the back foot. And yesterday, you saw how vulnerable the United team were defensively, which almost allowed them to smell blood. And that's where I always say, you've got to be very careful when you put teams out against them, especially when you know what the other team is going to do. And that's the only criticism I have of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yes, he came out and he, he thought he could win. No problem. But when you see the movement off the ball and the way these teams are playing, it's a whole different ball game out there. And that's why I understand what he was trying to do. But there's a lot of people now that are calling for his head and it's never nice to see coaches be asked for the sack. You could see how painful it was for him. Again, I definitely am not an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer fan, but I empathise with the with the coaches out there. I saw Steve Bruce get mistreated recently at Newcastle. And now I see the way Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is being labelled. Um, yes, Manchester United are an elite club. Did anyone say he's an elite manager? No, but I still feel that right now, if they don't make a change before the international break, it's going to be very, very tough. They've got Tottenham next and Atlanta and then Manchester City. Will Pep Guardiola put the final sword in the coffin? Let's find out. Anyway, coming up next, we're talking about how Pakistan versus India in the T20 Cricket World Cup has literally turned the UAE upside down. Find out why on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves to fire that Bokadol! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Yes, we are back and we are live on Pulse95. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm getting a lot of messages on uh, on Mohamed Salah and on Liverpool, even from United fans, actually, which I, I've got to take my hat off to them. You know, normally when your team loses, they definitely don't show up. But we're talking about other things today as well. We're talking about the madness that happened yesterday as Pakistan faced India at the T20 um, Cricket World Cup. And, and I think this is the thing, because people don't know that it's been 29 years since a victory like this has happened and obviously you've got the purest of purest fans when it comes down to rivalries and when it comes down to cricket both both at the highest highest level and with India normally dominating it's interesting that it's in the UAE and the fact that it's in the UAE people are you know predominantly we've got a lot of people from Pakistan and India so what's really nice about this you see how passionate they are doesn't matter where you're, you're working doesn't matter where you're based whatever city you're in in the UAE the fans are nuts about cricket. They love cricket. And and this is why seeing this yesterday, um, personally, I was seeing all the like the, the videos on Instagram and YouTube and people really like going all out to celebrate. Um, <laughs> and and the, the fact that they're still celebrating, there'll be a few sore heads this morning. Um, the 2007 World T20 final, the 50 over semi-final in 2011 Sachin Tendulkar's magic uh, in Centurion in 2003 all might just feel a little better today looking at the scenes uh, online especially people are basking in the glory I'm seeing also the messages here on the Instagram uh, 
hold on let's still talk about United uh, <laughs> cricket wise uh, there's been a lot of people speaking about it can you not talk about SA losing to AUS okay I won't talk about South Africa losing to Australia definitely won't talk about that um <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay there are a couple of things actually saying you know um with rivalries and this goes back you know a long way especially uh, with a lot of people feeling that they have the superior athletes when it comes down to cricket when it comes down to sports in general but when it comes down to cricket you always see a lot of the banter between india and pakistan and and here in the uae especially because there's a huge population that are from those two countries it, it gets real and and it gets you know it gets serious and people genuinely genuinely celebrate from their hearts and that's why even our very own Abdul Karim on the morning Madras I'm sure he'd be one to share his thoughts on 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 how Pakistan dominated yesterday and and convincingly won as well which again you would think by a result like that they have they've been doing it for years but it's actually 29 years of her and that's what kind of makes it even more interesting because we all like an underdog if you can even call Pakistan underdog I mean Surely, I know when I was growing up in the UK, the Pakistani cricketers were incredible. Honestly, really, really good. That I didn't even bother playing. <laughs> that's how that's how good they were on a different level altogether. Um, I'm just looking at your messages here. There's still more comments on uh, Liverpool and uh, and Manchester United. Pakistan dominated more than Liverpool did. Wow, what a statement! Uh, <laughs> it's definitely historical. Um, and Davis is saying cricket is Mustafa's expertise there's a few comments coming here and the banter has already started on the Instagram live at Omar Duri um, Florin is saying make the cookies for the 19th of December because Tunji will come pick them up for me that's interesting because we obviously have our own Omnia Saleh who's, who's labelled as cookies on the show um, let's see who, what else we got here United were awful. I think we need more rotation within the team. That's interesting, Florian. Who would you rotate? I thought yesterday the fact that they rotated, maybe that would have caused a lot of people to question why Pogba wasn't playing. I know he got sent off later, but um, also I got another message saying, all credit to Liverpool. They were brilliant. Um, and Mo Hajar also said, looking at both teams, both have great talent. Liverpool, though, have come a long way and their players have improved a lot. Liverpool don't have the best midfielders in the world, but they are playing um, as if they are, I think. is it? Yep, as if they are, is what he said. Um, I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't like seeing uh, teams get battered. It's kind of hard normally, you know. Uh, I've got a question here in Arabic saying, Omar Shura Ams and Liverpool or Man United? <laughs> so in Arabic, what he's basically saying is, what did I think of the match yesterday? You know, it's very hard to say because I think Liverpool came out all guns blazing. United probably felt they could overpower them. And that's probably where the mistake was because on paper, Manchester United have a great team. But if they don't work and close the gaps in between the defensive lines and the midfield lines, especially when you have rapid players like Mohamed Salah yesterday. And think about Mane didn't even start yesterday. That's another thing. Diego Jota scored and played you know uh, very very well so it's about finding the right balance I know Florian you mentioned you know um, rotation in the squad I'll be interested to see what lineup would you have put out there Florian let me know I'll play some Elton John cold heart and then when I come back I'm going to tell you why yesterday watching Manchester United this would be very strange for you guys to hear why that actually related to me and my team find out more on the only place to be at 3 the halftime show on Pulse 95 this is the halftime show 
with Omar Aduri on Soul That's one thing to talk about, but it's also something where I can kind of empathize with the coach. Why? Because earlier this week, my own uh, team that I coach lost pretty badly. Probably the heaviest defeat I've ever experienced. And my cousin actually came down to watch it, which is even harder because you see your family that come down to support and your team loses that badly. Now, here's the thing. Things are great when you're winning and everyone's happy. The mood is up. Everyone wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to show what they're doing. And then when you start to lose one or two games, uh, you start to see you know the true colors of your players the characters and this is one thing which i respect about Solskjaer yesterday he didn't blame his players which probably Mourinho would have done even though the players are definitely as responsible as the coach but saying that i i genuinely think that um it's very very difficult because the coach carries uh the responsibility of his team's name his team's um honor what they do you can watch a team once and you know if they don't play well that day you could automatically hear people saying that you know um what's up with the coach you know what's uh what's the deal what why, why isn't he doing this why isn't he doing that the why is the coach not doing what he's supposed to do? Even though the players are, you know, um, not not doing their job. So it's 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 hard to to be able to you know talk about these things and and factor these things when in truth um, it's not always the case. And so the other day when I was when I was coaching, I. I was standing there and I was watching my players and I know how good my players are. I know how, how strong they are. I know the characters. I know that they deserve to be doing well. But the other team was just better and we were making silly mistakes, small mistakes, which cost us a lot. And I saw goal after goal go in and I saw some of the players working you know, their socks off to be able to try and perform at the highest level. But unfortunately... It wasn't our day and even those who had come to watch our team play previously would probably think wow you know what is this team like what is going on and probably the first person they would look at to be responsible is the coach so the person who's planning and organizing and and, and doing things behind the scenes then you see a result like that and you start to question what's what can we do better what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has to do now is he has to get his players on his side. He has to uh, keep the morale up. It's never easy when you suffer a defeat like that. And he has to also make sure that he has pe- people and players. And the reason why I say people and players is because they're humans first before they're athletes that he can trust. And if he can trust those athletes, then he can produce, you know, a better result against Tottenham which will be this weekend so there are many many factors here Mustafa's asked the question as a coach yourself what would go through your head after last night's result well I'll tell you Mustafa that's a very easy 
that's a very easy question because I actually went through that this week. So you can't sleep. That's the first thing. You are replaying so much detail that you've encountered all in one go. There's no there's no pause. There's no fast forward. There's no rewind button. You're trying to play everything that's happened. The difference between what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going through and what I'm going through is everyone saw that. Whilst with my team, not everyone saw that. But in my head, it's something that I've replayed a thousand times. The other question is, what would you tell a player like Ronaldo? I don't think there's... See, Ronaldo's, what, 36 now? 36, 37? There's not much you can tell a player like that because he has the experience of playing at the highest level and he has the experience of understanding when games go wrong. But one thing you have to do is make sure Ronaldo's on your side. And those are the factors that, you know... um, Those are the factors that you have to really, really think about. There's not much... Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can coach Ronaldo but what he can do is man manage him and manage his personality and character and make sure they're on the same level and maybe even listen to some of his players and this is something else that coaches think that they probably shouldn't be doing I sometimes have to ask my players how they're feeling what they could see maybe they might see something that I don't see and I think Solskjaer needs to do that with Ronaldo he needs to be able to get his feedback and see on ways they can improve and work together to get that next result the next result is so important for Manchester United and even for Condado so that tells you a lot and then there's another question here saying how how you think Ronaldo will deal with that loss mentally I'll tell you how he will deal with it he'll want to get back on the training field straight away he wants to play the next match as soon as possible. The difference with these guys is they play every two, three games, every two, three days. They're straight into it. They don't have to wait a week for a game. So he'll be he'll be wanting to play. He, he's a the ideal professional. If you could have, you know, a walking manual, it would be Cristiano Ronaldo on how to recover and how to mentally switch on and switch off and how to reset and how to get you know, his mind off things and spend quality time with his family away from the game. So when he comes back on, he's fully determined. I think that's the way Ronaldo will deal with the loss mentally. And I believe that because he's played in so many different countries under so many different coaches, he understands what he needs to do. The question is, can Ronaldo, can Cristiano get the best out of his teammates to be able to match his effort mentally and physically? That's the answer to your question. Uh, K10 says, Omar was the PSG versus Lefrobol and me PSG. <laughs> you got to tell me more than that. Absolutely. Um, and thank you very much for all your messages, by the way. I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll be answering more of your questions on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. Rosalia Malemente. Here we go. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m. 